Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. It is Michelle Collins. We are back. I was off last week. Um, due to, uh, let's start with professional obligations and then throat obligations. I was not the throat goat at the end of last week. I had no voice. I love that song, Throat Goat. One of the funniest songs ever. So we had, um, we were supposed to have a show last week and then I just fully lost my voice, which obviously anytime anyone gets sick or there's a shred of sickness, you assume COVID, but it was not COVID and I feel great and I'm back. So thank you. And I'm here with just looking as trim and put together as he ever has my friend, Dan Acton. (laughs) Hi, Dan. Hey, Michelle. You look great. You look uh, like you had a lot of great sun. Oh, thank um, you. I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah. It's like, oops. Yeah. No, I did. I went to the beach yesterday. <laughs> and, um, I went I went to the beach yesterday in Amsterdam, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, two friends of mine and I drove out to the beach. You don't assume that Holland would have a beach because it's such a, it's so green and like, but right. I, I did get a little sun, which, 
You know, I really miss yeah. being tan. It's nice. Um, yeah, I, it's crazy to think, Dan Acton, that just one week ago, you and I were sitting at brunch together in New York. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was fun. That was fun. And I'm thinking back to it. My mind is reeling back like, what was it? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. It was like pouring rain. And it was also like a total pain in the ass to get up. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Hold on. Wait, that is not fair. Let me tell you what happened. Wait a minute. Hold on. I did. I did. I did accidentally trick you. It was not done on purpose. The trick is this. Okay. The trick is this. Two days before I fly to New York, I went to a town here. He's dying. I went to a town here in the Netherlands called Harlem with two A's. It's a very cute little town. And as I was waiting for the train to come back, they have this like, you know, even the convenience stores here are like, you have Higgy, like they're all cute. So I go into this place to buy a bottle of water and I see it's really woodsy and nice. And I see they have hanging on a hanger, (laughs) this plastic black poncho for kids that has a photo of a huge <laughs> chimp head on it. Like I, I'll pull it out right now. So obviously my eyes brim with tears because just in our last episode, we did a whole, what, 90 minute long thing about chimps. So, <laughs> and you know, that was so much fun. What was it with Chotter? The whole episode was about chimps. Chotter. So yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is such great. Chotter is getting Dan and I these chimp ponchos for children So I went up to the lady thinking they were going to be like 40 bucks. And I'm thinking, you know, there's always that question. Is it worth the joke? Like, how much is it? Right, right. How much am I willing to spend for the laugh? And I thought, I think I'd be willing to spend up to $35 per paunch for the lol. And I said to her, how much are these? And she went, they were six euros each. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, what? Because initially I was only going to get you one. And then I was like, well, for six euros, honey, this is now we're talking like the Shining Twins. Like, I need one, too. So she was on the floor. (laughs) Everybody in line was laughing. I'm like, I went only six euros. I showed everyone. I go, look at these chimpanchos. They're only six euros. (laughs) And so I like bolted back before God forbid they sold out. And I snatched up another one. Ran, I paid for it, caught the train. And I remember, I think I texted you on the train. I was like so sweaty. It was so hot out. And I was like giddy. I was delirious. I thought, I cannot wait to give Dan this chimp poncho. It is going to be so funny. (laughs) So I packed it in my stupid ass fucking heavy luggage to take from Amsterdam to New York, where I co-hosted the Today Show last week, which was a total blast. And I had a great time. And... Then I'm like, oh, but it was so hot. I was staying in like this really tiny hotel. Really hot. Oh, it was miserable in New York. If You know, every time I go back, there's like new and improved signs that like I don't belong there. And last weekend it was the heat and the rain. <laughs> and so I basically like fled my room to come meet you. And I was meeting you and my old neighbors from my COVID pod, you know, back yeah. in the day. Okay. He's really mad. Can I just say, I really don't like when Dan, I really, really hate I really don't like when you're mad at me. It actually really makes me feel bad. What Remind me what happened. Because, like, I got the location wrong. Yeah, well, originally it was going to be, like, Union Square, which right. in a sweltering hot day. And then, oh, wait. Then you were like, change of plans. We're going to um, Updog or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what happened. I went, I had to get COVID tested and I, you know that I'm essentially the dumbest bitch, yeah. like, like genuinely. And I know that I am like, I'm disorganized. I never look things up. Anyway, the point is, is that I got the address <laughs> wrong. And so the place where I had to get tested was on 23rd and Park. 
And so I thought, oh, and as I walked there, I saw this restaurant called Upland, which is famously Obama's favorite place to brunch in New York. Okay. So I was like, oh, it's Obama's brunch spot. And I figured, let me... And it was going to take a half an hour for the test. So I texted you and the girls and I said, how about uh, instead of wherever we're going? Oh, yeah. You were like, oh, I have a reservation for 245. So I look up this place. It's like closed at three. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, so what? You know, what's <laughs> like, funny, though, is that you and I just looking I'm at not- the Google map. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say something <laughs> funny. Like, we'll have 15 minutes of bliss. <laughs> because I'm next door, so I need to change the plan. No, no, no. Like, okay. The reason was why that happened was because I had to sit in that fucking place for an hour to wait for my COVID results. And I thought, well, we're not going to yeah. get brunch at four o'clock. I said, so this place is right there. The girls, did, and, oh, did I know that it was the skies were going to part to a sizzling hot rainstorm? I didn't know that. And, and listener, it was a torrential downpour. This was not a sprinkle. This was like a Jumanji yeah, rain. Was, like someone opened up a haunted yes. fucking board game and the shit unleashed. It was wild. And I was already at the restaurant when that happened. And I knew the second I saw those fat ass drops hitting the sidewalk, I was like, oh boy, they're going to be mad. I literally was like, oh, I already know that all three of them are walking into this restaurant with an attitude now because apparently I control the weather now too. And I'm sorry, it is a big deal that I come from Amsterdam to New York for five days. I want to see the people I care for the most. Obviously, you're one of them. But it's funny because I hate like, I love you so much. And I also hate being, having people be angry at me. Like, I don't know anyone who likes that, but the idea of like you yeah. being mad at me really stresses me out. And I could tell when you <laughs> showed up that you were like edgy. Like, I felt like you were edgy when you got there. I was like, okay. Yeah. I think I, I couldn't, I'm not good at being mad. So you were being very charming. And I was just like, <laughs> well, I'm here. By the way, you would have been great at poncho. For the okay, rainstorm. So like- now, by the way, okay, so now hold on. <laughs> because that's, I was waiting for it to come up again. But then the absolute low point of this story ain't the rain. The worst part is, I had just left my like Japanese level uh, sized room in Hudson Yards, where I was basically sleeping in a coffin with a miniature air conditioning, and I left the fucking ponchos in the room. I thought I was going to pass out. The whole reason, the whole the whole ruse was to get Dan to brunch so that we could put these... Can I be honest with you? Reveal, yeah. I, I almost want to grab one right now and see if it'll even fit. I haven't opened either of them. Should I come... Should I open it? I think it's... I think I'm going to. Okay, what's what's the review of the monkey poncho? It looks like a huge bib for like Rainforest Cafe or something. <laughs> yeah. Like if you got like the lobster. <laughs> I have to tell you something. It's so absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this was the fun we were gonna have at Upland if my dumbass didn't forget the shit in the fucking hotel room. But yours is still here. I'll keep yours in the package. The thing about I it, it's so cropped. It, yeah. Look how little it is. Like it's only oh, gonna yeah. protect basically my breasts. <laughs> like my breasts will be bone dry, but then the rest of me is gonna be soaked. Look at that. It's so absolutely fucking hilarious. I love it. Oh my god. I have to tell you something that I I feel alive from the laughter of this fucking chimpanzo. I swear to God, it's so good. Anyway, I almost want to buy some. You know, we're doing um by the way a live recording of the podcast. 
September 9th at um in London. So at the London uh podcast festival. So all of our British fans, uh, I haven't really promoted it yet. But Dan, you know, I want you to come to London for it. And I feel like I know, if I, I say it here, maybe I can actually convince you to get a ticket to come to London. I, I was looking at tickets. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. No, 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 but I need to know because also listener. I actually think I people. I have, <laughs> I have to prepare, but also I think that people would fly from America to London to see it if you were to come. I do. I do. <laughs> if I come. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll put it this way, listener. We will bring the chimp. <laughs> if Dan shows up, the chimponchos will be there. I that is a guarantee. I'll stitch up the little head thing that I just tore through with my massive skull. Remember when I once ripped the brim off of a hat in Spain because my head was so big? Do you remember this? <laughs> I brim. bought I bought a straw hat in Spain. It was like ten dollars yeah. or whatever, and I put it on, and it was like quite tight. But I have a lot of hair and I have a big head. It's why I am photogenic on television. I've been told. Hilarious because I like a big uh, floppy one or like a Buster Keaton in in between. I would say it had like it wasn't huge, but no. But I put it on and I was like really trying to like I was like really trying to like get it on my skull, and I yanked too hard and the whole broom came off and turned into a necklace. That really happened to me. Anyway, it's like a Tom and Jerry. It was truly Looney Tunes shit. Um, okay, so Dan, before we go on into some fun uh, Potter. Tell us, uh, have you been? What's new? Uh, I'm good. I kind of realized that I think I got maybe broken up with recently. <laughs> what happened? Were it you just kind of hit me? Wait, to well, I, went, I I had gone out with somebody for like three times, okay. and all of a sudden the uh, texts are like, instead of like, "What's going to happen next?" It's like, "Oh, this is happening." And he's like, "Oh, haha." <laughs> so like, no, you know, no momentum anymore. No follow up. And. Yeah, I think I figured it out. The last time he came over, I put uh, I showed him um, the music video for Weird Al's Fat music video. I think he got offended. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, and listener, I think you know what I'm about to say. Anyone who can't love you at Weird Al Yankovic's Fat video doesn't deserve you at your worst, I think. so. Like these, like these young people, they don't like... Oh, is, he, is he young? Well, in 30s, you know, so... Isn't that I, funny? I see things differently. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> Speaking of actually fat suits, do you know what I watched last week? That is one of the worst abominations, and I paid 24 fucking 99 because I was sick. Guess. I watched a, a recently released film. Do you know which one? I I really want to see it. Yeah, send it to me. I watched Elvis, listener, last week by myself, no voice, trapped in an attic. (laughs) (laughs) As it was meant to be seen. (laughs) As the way that Boz Lerman intended it to be seen. Um... Now, famously, I'm very anti-Elvis culture. I don't like uh, Mm. the Vegas of it all. I like Vegas, funny enough, for like different reasons. But like the whole white leather jumpsuit, the whole, you know, even like jokes about that. Honestly, even one of my favorite movies, True Romance, even the Elvis through line in True Romance is like not great for me. Like I it just, I just don't like it. I don't know why. Maybe is it like, you know what? I just had a realization. Maybe like as like a Jewish immigrant, it's just very far from my roots or something. Cause like, I don't see a lot of crossover with Elvis and Judaism. Maybe that's what it is. Like inherently. <laughs> well, I think it's also our age. Like I was not alive for anything other than Elvis being a gross joke. Like he's still alive and he's gross. Like I wasn't yeah. there to be a big fan for Elvis. Like I, I knew him at his worst. So, well, I, I found out something funny this morning. Cause you know, 
having been in Holland for a long time now, um, I still cannot figure out the Dutch accent. Like I, I ended up doing German. Like it's just, there's, it's the most yeah. unpinnable sound. I don't even know. <laughs> and I've been here. I can't, and I have a good ear for things like that. And I just cannot crack it. And I started watching Elvis like voiceless. Uh, also the TV in my hotel is like very dim. So I'm always squinting. Like, I can barely see what happens on the screen. And it opens with Tom Hanks in himself in a fat suit so warn your your ex oh, there right. it's yeah, not yeah. great and he has like those white out blind contacts and he starts with this accent that is like <laughs> like not to be like that but tom has really dodged a lot of cancellation bullets in his career but i mean a lot he has done yeah, things true. that like even forrest gump which i watched recently which is just heinous it is it's <laughs> like it was heinous then it yes. is a heinous yes horrible movie that almost even makes light of like molestation like it's just the whole thing about it maybe not makes light but i just think when you when you cover such serious subjects like that movie covers like vietnam and all this shit with that idiot at the helm i mean are you kidding me here (laughs) it's it's uh it's offensive but anyway he starts with this accent and i was like what I thought, is he is like an Orthodox Jew? Like, what is this accent that he's doing? <laughs> I couldn't place the accent. And then I started reading up about this character, Colonel Tom Parker, that he plays. Yeah, the Colonel, yeah. The, yeah, you're familiar. I, can I knew see, about the Colonel. I could yeah. see you dabbling a little bit in Elvis, but I know I know what you're saying. <laughs> we, like, get into a real fight. I can't, I can't wait. Where's can't my, wait. Where's oh, my chimponcho? <laughs> Got to pop that back on. That really cleared the air before. <laughs> Be my go-to look when Dan and I fight. I'm gonna pop it on anyway. <laughs> I am like so punch drunk right now. Anyway, I just respect. I just respect a man in uniform. <laughs> <laughs> no, so wait, he plays a Dutch guy, and I'm like, that is not what Dutch people what? sound like. Yeah, yeah. So Tom Parker apparently was Dutch, and I'm thinking. I'm here now and I've not heard anybody sound like that. And then I <laughs> talked about this on my serious show and one of our listeners DM me to say that, that that Tom Parker didn't even have an accent, that that was a choice that Tom Hanks made <laughs> in the movie. I'm like, that is absolutely too much. So uh, I'll just say that I personally did not enjoy the film. I thought it was way too long. Um, yeah. And again, and like the kid who played Elvis, you know, and I like some of his music. I'm not even like, I'm not an, a complete fool. Like there are certain, there are certain Elvis songs that I really, that really speak to me. Actually. I love, but I just, I just hated it so much. I really actively disliked the Elvis film. And I, and I sometimes wonder because I, I remember when it came out, people on Twitter were losing their minds. They loved it. And I thought, well, wow, maybe, but can we just agree that like Baz Luhrmann doesn't make good movies? I'm sorry. They're not good. Uh, I Except for I think I, Strictly Ballroom. What? Sorry. Strictly Ballroom was good. Oh, his very that's first true. Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved Moulin Rouge too. I think you have to see his movies in the movie theater. I don't think yeah. it's fun to watch it on a small screen because like mm. when it's that huge and it's that bonkers, like I love his but movies you know in what? the movie theater. You know what I felt in this movie? And it's a terrible thing. When you feel the director himself, you can feel him losing steam telling his own story because it opens big and it opens with like mm. lights, spinning newspapers, craziness. Yeah. Gah, gah, gah. And then it hits a moment like two thirds of the way in where like all of a sudden you forget that it's a Baz Luhrmann film. You're just watching these boring people in oh, fat suits and yeah. it gets really sad and it loses the color and the fun and like all because it's yeah. a depressing story, essentially, you know. So right. I was not a fan. 
So that's kind of like that Aileen movie. Did you ever see that? The Celine Dion fake biopic? The Titan or whatever it was? Uh, no, not Titan. Titan that was the car fucking she, movie? She, <laughs> yes. Shit, shit, shit. No, no, no. I know the one. Aileen, Aileen, Aileen. <laughs> Although, although I think I saw both of them back to back. No, there's something like, similar there. Yeah. Yeah. But it starts out really wackadoo and like, I loved it. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it kind of like settles into just like a, a normal biopic. And it was like kind of a bummer. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's like they get bored. Like they, it's yeah. almost like when you're writing a paper for class in the beginning, you're like, I remember my college thesis, which I barely passed, uh, which was about the Holocaust. Um, it started off like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it started off like so fucking dramatic. It was just like as the boots of the soldiers. I, I just remember being wow. so dramatic and halfway through it was as though literally chimps typing Holocaust Hamlet. It was just so <laughs> bad. I'm like, please end this. Let me just end this fucking thing. You know, magnetic Holocaust poetry. I was just like, just right. put some fucking words together because I need to wrap it up. Um, well, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> like, and on page 10, <laughs> or however long it is. Like. And the last words are like, Never. And then the last six pages are F-O-R-G-E-T. Okay. So that was what I did last week. Oh, one quick plug, two quick plugs, though. Two great things on Hulu. I watched Prey, which was awesome. Did you see that? Oh, no, I want to see it. Fuck. Uh, let's talk about how fucking into the fucking Predator I am, because I am... Hot for Preds. Uh, oh, my God. He is so fucking hot as shit. You're going to die. And then also um, Not Okay, which no one really talked about. Did you see it? Yeah. Well, you said that it was really, really good on Twitter. And so I started it. And I'm very into I watched the 20 minutes, but I'm very into it. I have to yeah. say, I'm surprised more people are not talking about it. It, it actually made me harken back to like funny dark films from the 90s or like early 2000s that haven't been yeah. made in a long time because yeah. it's very inappropriate and uh very clever i really liked it a lot i'm surprised um what's her name the main girl it's leah thompson's daughter zoe deutsch oh really isn't that funny she is oh, I know that. Cool. she is absolutely fucking great in it and then dylan o'brien is in it and he's so cute and very it's a great movie i loved it that's uh, my plug i have to go I have to go finish it. I started watching. Speaking of hot movies, you need to see RRR, that Netflix movie. Tell me everything. It's a hot. It's like a, so it's a Hindi, like, um, it's very popular right now. It's a action, epic, historical thing. It's super fast. How do you it's watch it? A little bit. Netflix? On Netflix. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit, reminds me a little bit of Baz Luhrmann, actually, with just the pacing and the storytelling is like really propulsive and stuff. And it's super hot. Uh, people, there's many, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, sweaty guys like battling and flexing and, uh, battling, uh, animals and each other. It's definitely oh. it's hot. Yeah. I, I've heard, I, I read like some tweets about it. I know it's very sexy. And I'm yeah. also, um, I binged also Indian matchmaking on Netflix, which is by far oh, cool. my number one favorite dating show ever. I'm obsessed. Yeah. It makes me wish I was. Like, it makes me wish I was 32 single Indian with, like, frozen eggs already banked away. And, like, yeah. I just want to be on that show. I'm so curious. Some of the couples are, like, make literally no sense. I mean, in, bo <laughs> in both directions. Like, yeah. you know, hotness-wise and personality-wise, but somehow they make it work. Um, speaking of which, Dan, who is our unofficial podcast producer, 
Well, Dan, you sent me one thing, which was like, uh, <laughs> you're so funny. I'm scrolling through a text. <laughs> Let me just say, Dan is one of the fucking funniest people I know. Like, you really fucking kill me. <laughs> I can't even say some of the shit that you're saying here, but it's killing me. <laughs> the one I really wanted to read, which you also found, was uh, five things that make people irresistibly attractive, according to science. Mm. Now, I'm really curious about this because there is science to that. There is obviously something chemical... Yeah. Un, the unexplainable, right? Like why you can have two people who look similar and one is hot and one is hideous. Like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is what it says here. One is saying when they are similar to us. Now that goes against the preconceived notion of opposites attract. This is definitely true. People appear more attractive when we, yes, we are feeling happy. That's fact. Yes, that's absolutely true. hundred yeah. percent true. Well, when you're feeling shitty, like no one's hot. Like you kind of, I don't know. Yeah. You're like, you want to push people away. You're not open, I feel. So that's different. When they demonstrate curiosity, Mm -hmm. when they reveal the right amount of intimate details about themselves, that's Uh, about vulnerabilities. Yeah, that's something that I think uh, takes time as you age, maybe just with people who are damaged when they were young. It shows signs of openness, which is very attractive. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes they can reveal a little too much, though, I find. You know, sometimes I don't need, like, sometimes too much is also bad. Yeah, some people have like this set story that they've had uh, success with before and they just like are used to revealing to you and then they, they trot it out and it's like, okay, like... Uh, I'm, you, you, know what I, you know what I say? I go, I go, trot that motherfucker back. You gotta trot, <laughs> trot that motherfucker back because I am not in the mood. And then the last thing, which is like, of course, duh, when they have a good sense of humor. You can take the ugliest person on the planet if they're funny. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a great article. Oh, there's Sorry. more. Sorry about that. There's more. No, yeah. I'm kidding. By the way, I do no work for the show. <laughs> and they are not too easily accessible. Now, that's interesting. Mm, it says yeah. that social sciences apply the principle of scarcity to explain how we find things and individuals more attractive when we cannot easily attain them. Uh, that is actually true. Those grapes, just out of reach. Just out. Like, like I'm a, in, like an Ace yeah. of Spadle, you know? I'm picturing when you say that, it's so funny. I'm picturing like giraffe lips. Like really reaching, <laughs> can't explain it for grapes that are giraffe. just <laughs> like just about an inch or two too far away, and so like the stretching and then the lips, but they can't get it. This is like an ASMR turn on. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the only ASMR I would listen to is giraffe ASMR. Well, Dan, I love you. I'm sorry that you got rained on going to brunch. It is a oh, pity. Totally fine. I actually totally forgot about it until you brought it up. <laughs> No, but I'm glad I got to see you. And um, yeah, and really, listener, listener, please DM Dan and convince him to come to London for that podcast. Go if you want to buy tickets to it. It's at the London Podcast Festival at King's Place on September 9th. You can go to kingsplace.co.uk slash London Podfest or just Google the London Podcast Festival and buy tickets. Tell your friends. If you know people who are in London, tell them to come. You know, I'm a last minute kind of girl. So can I can I tell you the guests we're going to have? I just I can't at the moment because I don't know what it's going to be. But I can guarantee you the chimpanchos will be there. So let that be uh, reason enough. Dan, love you. And here is me and Vinny. I got to say that um, we've had a lot of guests on the show, celebrities. You know, I hate to brag. 
That's the new name of the podcast. I hate to brag, but we've had people on the show who I loved, like watching growing up. We had Bonnie Hunt on recently, all these people I adore, John Lithgow. And yet staring at our guest today, just seeing his sweet, funny face in my little Zoom window is bringing me a level of joy and um, calmness. Like I feel relaxed looking at you because I'm so excited to finally talk to you and basically convince you to be my friend in real life. This is what this is, <laughs> unfortunately for you. Hilarious comedian. He's an actor. He's a writer. If you don't follow him on um, Instagram, uh, at V-I-N-N dot A-Y-Y, he's going to be in an Apple TV Plus show called Platonic. Vinny Thomas, I don't even know where to begin, babe. Like, you are the funniest fucking person, full stop period. You kill me. Oh my gosh, stop, stop, immediately, stop. I, I won't mean, stop, I won't. <laughs> that's enormously high praise, um, especially coming from someone who is clearly a duchess in like a duchess's <laughs> quarters. Yes, Vinny is seeing me right now. It's my last podcast from the attic. Uh, I, a Jewish woman, came to a hotel in Amsterdam and they put me in the fucking attic. I did not request this room. It is behind oh. a bookcase. That's how I have to get in here too. It's a whole thing. You know what? But what a beautiful place to be trapped and hiding from whoever. I think what a stunning, the design is beautiful. It's tasteful. Um, I'll give you a tour here. You know what the problem is that I'm so messy. I mean, I, I'm truly living like in a bachelor pad. Look how low these beams are though. I'm six foot one and I'm in my own version of You're entrapment. Six foot one? Yeah. It's giving supermodel. That's yeah. insane. Isn't I that crazy? That. Yeah. Vinny, will you just like tell me everything? I don't even want to ask you anything. You, first of all, can I just say physically, and I'm not hating on you, I'm saying this, I want to raise you as my son. Is that weird? Like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that about? I don't know. I think I feel like it's the proportion of my eyes to the rest of my head, which, <laughs> yeah. which famously is baby-like. Um, yeah, I think that's most of it. I think it's the fact that I reflexively smile, it's like my default facial position. Aww. Uh, so I think that's part of it. You know, I, I think I really, I really get the, the, the baby, the baby muscles. I don't know what I'm saying. You I'm do. So the cake, it's like auto, auto kegling. I look at you and immediately I'm like contracting, but not in a sexual way. And like a, like the needs, like the eggs like, are like yeah, crying. Like a Gaia mother of the earth in like a beautiful poetic way. Um, yes. Like granola bar way. That's exactly uh, yeah. right. Where should I start, Michelle? Like, what? what tell me about your biography? tell me about your big eyeballs. No, I want to talk first about uh, pigeons because you and I share a love for pigeons. In a the way that I learned about you was your video of the pigeon at Pride, pigeon which my Pride. friend Paul, who is so fucking hilarious, if you ever come to London, you have to go out with Paul and I. Uh, we must have watched that video together, I want to say 10,000 times. And that's when I first fell in love. So why pigeons, Vinnie Thomas? Well, yeah, it's it's so many reasons. First of all, I think pigeons are some of the most maligned birds in the world. I think they're so <laughs> underestimated. They fight through so much. Like I have seen, and I'm sure you have, traveling yeah. Europe, you've seen so many pigeons that are like damaged beyond belief. Like they yeah. have little club feet, some of them, you know, and... If I look, if I had my foot torn off by God knows what as a bird, I would just call it quits. Uh, you know what I mean? But they they fight through it, Michelle. And yeah. not only that, but they do so with gravitas and aplomb and passion. Because those birds also will wait till the very last minute to like fly away from you too. That's you right. You know what I mean? They walk they're, as if they're people. 
they're um they have no fear mechanism there's nothing uh here in amsterdam they rule the roost like they actually are not i'll tell you this when i see a child attacking pigeons I want to like put handcuffs on the kid. I'm like, you, you are a fucking serial killer. And what parent allows kids to chase them? They're still animals. Like I know that they didn't ask to be born. They're just in the park. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're just out there birding. Like they're not doing much Uh, here though. If you were a pigeon, because I always think where would I want to live as a pigeon? Yeah. They've really cracked it in this town. It is a town full of seeds. Every fucking restaurant here has seeds on the menu. And Wait, just to eat? Are you ordering a bowl of seeds every morning? I'm eating seeds. No, but like on the bread, you know, anytime you get toast, it's a very seedy bread and it's a very windy city. So the seeds fly like there's just seeds in the air. There's (laughs) seeds all over the ground. And you'll see some of the happiest pigeons you've ever seen here in Amsterdam. They really the people here don't shoo them away like in New York where they're just constantly fleeing. They welcome them as honored Mm. guests and like dignitaries (laughs) from a different world, which is what they are. Um, and you know, the, the confidence to just walk around like that, knowing full well, your leg is like two inches long and that you cannot <laughs> move quick is, is absolutely insane. But well, on top their of brains, that, their brains are two molecules though. You know, their brains are the size, they're teen- little itty bitty brains, itty ones. They, they can still do so much <laughs> with nothing. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I think ultimately pigeons are, are at the heart of what we all want to be, but also they want bread which was an important double entendre for that video Ugh. because corporations also want money from people on pride. And there's like, so they also want bread and there were layers there. I do kind of regret it though. Um, Why? Because a lot of people like will tag me in pictures where they're like about to feed pigeons bread in real life. And I'm like, they can have bread, but you probably shouldn't give them bread all the time. And I Is don't it bad want for to them? be responsible. It's not great. You know, they can't really digest what's in there. And so it's just kind of like junk food that oh, it's a shame. just kind of shoots through them. They find it so delicious because I've only they ever seen it. pigeons eating bread ever in my life. Like, Look, what are they, they supposed to eat? Greek, like grass? I don't know. I don't know who's making salads. I, I mean, seeds are great. Seeds and like whole grains, like corn and stuff, like little chopped yeah, up yeah. pieces of fresh fruit. Um, but they love it. They do love it. You know, which I think was ultimately the point of the video. And it wasn't a lie. It wasn't a lie, but do you regret? Because I feel this sometimes like I'll, you know, we have so many hundreds of millions of fans, Vinnie Thomas. And the problem here is that like they're tagging you in pigeon videos because and truth be told, like I think of you when I see pigeons and that's not a joke. Like it's just that was your impact. And yet it does get frustrating. (laughs) Like people know I love Shrek. They know that I like, you know, orangutans or whatever. And so I'll constantly get tagged. If there's like one viral Shrek post, nine million people will send it to me. And I'm it's made me almost bitter anti-Shrek because I'm like, it's enough with the Shrek. Like, I don't need let it be mine a little bit, too. OK, you know? first of all, I'd like to say that Shrek is a religion at this point. Like if yeah. someone came down from a different whatever galaxy and they came down and they saw how much we watch Shrek and how much Shrek <laughs> content we still consume decades later, He is a religious figure, which blows my mind. He's one of Um, the best religious figures. I mean, not to like shame any other religions out there. No, go ahead. He's he's like a beautiful. He's basically like a fuckable hippopotamus. Like, that's what he is. And it's. Am I wrong? Like, he's got he's (laughs) got hippo qualities. One might say a a hungry, hungry hippopotamus in many ways. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, he yeah, he's just real, real cuddly. He's definitely the kind of the kind of guy that you like to feel crushed underneath. Do you know yes, what I mean? Very, um, I call it getting talented Mr. Ripley. 
Yes. Oh, when my you're God. crushed, you're crushing me. <laughs> you're crushing me. Um, yes. I do get I do get tagged in, in pigeon stuff, but I like it as long as it's a good pigeon and it's a pigeon that you found. You know what I mean? If you yeah. see a cool pigeon, because every now and then there's one like most pigeons are just pigeons. But sometimes you see a pigeon that's like fashion, you know, like it's giving something that the other yeah. pigeons aren't giving. And if like you see the gray that one, ones, it, yes, yes. yes. Or like one that just has like it just has a brown head. Yes. The brown, gray, white ones. Yeah, yeah. Just they're doing things that the other bitches aren't doing. If you see a pigeon like that, you know, I love I love pictures of them. You're really unleashing. You're making a huge mistake. You should ask us to cut this out because from now, this day forward, that's your whole new life is just getting. No, you know what? Send me pictures of pigeons and, and birds in general. Just whatever cool you see, as long as it's cool, because if it's not cool. I'm going to block you. Yeah. But otherwise, um, you know, send it to me. Well, that's a great segue into your famously angry temper. Um, Everyone. (laughs) So angry. Vinny Thomas. Where does that anger spring from? You're from the Midwest, which is, uh, I think, probably the kindest area of the United States. I I'll say that I moved from the Midwest. Sorry. But I'm famously from the Mountain West uh, from Colorado. Oh, the whitest state. The white, it's the whitest Isn't it so white? Everyone I know, I have a a friend who's going there to live for like a month. She's white and her boyfriend's white. And I'm like, yeah, because Denver to me, I've never been. But the energy (laughs) I get is that I'm not white enough to go to Denver. Like you have to be extremely fit, very, very white. Am I crazy to say that or no? No, you're not crazy to say that. It's There's a heavy Caucasian contingent in Colorado, Mm. Um, specifically in like Boulder, and I've never been to Aspen, but I hear that about Aspen oh. all the time. Aspen sucks. Yeah. It's not great. I don't ski. Does I it? went for the Logo Awards with Michael Yuri, So I was there for like a fun, funny reason, you know, but yeah, there's nothing there. I don't know. You know, I did that. What is that play he did? That one person show? Byron uh, Seller? Yes. The Barbara Streisand play. I did that in, for like a local theater in Colorado once. And it was the weirdest thing in the world. Because I didn't understand any of the references, not one of them. I didn't know any of the names or anything. And it like the demographic of people who came to see that it was all like old white homosexual men. And like I'm doing this thing and I'm just saying names like Robert Redford. Like when I did that play, I didn't know who Robert Redford was. Can I just ask and, you like, a question? This is a problem for me. This this interview is nosediving. So we started with pigeons and now you I'm know so who Robert sorry. Redford is. I no, I know now. I learned. I learned eventually. But it was like, you know, I'm just like a parrot. I'm just saying words. I can't believe she's got a whole fucking basement mall in her basement. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this. Are you not were you Go not ahead. privy to Barbara culture or was it just the 70s references in that show? I was not privy to Barbara culture. I think the Barbara fandom is different culturally and generationally. Like yeah. I I just it was never on my radar, not remotely. But I did learn a lot. I learned so much. See, I'm a big Barbara fan, but I yeah. tend to av- try to avoid standing like that level of obsession with anybody because much like your pigeons and my Shrek, it it's sort of like an endless whirlpool of garbage. Like once you get too deep into it, um, I actually start to dislike the other people in the fandom is what happens. So oh, like, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to name the names of the artists that I'm thinking about. But no, why would you? You know what I mean? Because then I'm dead. Yeah. Like they'll come after me. But there are certain, let's say, pop stars who I love. I've paid thousands to see them perform and I adore. And yet I don't ever delve into the fandom because it's too much. Yeah. So you're Especially right to not like that. Media. 
on social media, sure. you can't do it. Anyway, um, what were we talking, we're talking about? Talking about whiteies, whiteies in Colorado. Whiteys. I like that they're old white gays there. That's fun. The part I grew up in, I grew up in like the kind of the northeast part of Denver, which is yeah. much more heavily. I'd say that's more like Mexican and black, but also still a ton of white people over there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very white place. It's a very white place. Is it a funny place? Because you're very funny, and I know that you moved to Chicago, which is also quite. I think Chicago is a funny city. The people are. Do you it's not great. agree with that? It's nice. No, I I think Chicago is the funniest city. I also think it's the best city to try like weird stuff with comedy. Um, but you know, Colorado's fine. Colorado had two like improv clubs. Denver had two improv clubs. Yeah, yeah. The Bovine Metropolis. I would and never the perform there. Food. I'll tell you right I'll- now. <laughs> you're, gonna tell me, you're gonna tell me i'm just telling you right now if you know me you're telling me mish we have a stage for you this week and open whole weekend just you with the bovine i'm going i'm so sorry and i'm not going and i'm not, not going. happening no 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 do i look like a heifer i'm not going to the heifers club <laughs> it was just wild because you weren't even like you weren't allowed to swear at that one. Oh wow so it was yeah but why is that? It's Very religious or what's why? Why no swearing? I don't know. I think it was just like it, there were families shows like the families would come to see them a lot. But mm-hmm. kids always come to see improv and improv is often bad. So, you know, I don't it's OK if they they swear, you know, they're not going to like it anyway. It is funny the amount of secondhand embarrassment you can get from bad improv, which is 99 percent of it. Um and I don't know why that is. It's like watching desperate people, desperate for laughter. It's different than watching a stand-up in a way, because it's like you're the nervousness I feel for where they're going with the joke and the scene and how unfunny it's going to be is too much to bear. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you bear it. And I, I've never been to an improv show. So you're in Chicago. You moved to L.A. <laughs> I, I fucking hate improv. Wait, so you moved to L.A. six months ago. And I just, how can I ask how old you are? I think I actually have it. But how old are you? I'm 20, I'm 26. I just turned 26. Oh my God. Wait, when was your birthday? Uh, July 1st. Oh, cancer. July 9th. Oh my goodness. Cancer. Oh my God. Are you a sensitive little angel child? Do you believe in that or no? No, I, a lot of people ask me about astrology all the time. I feel like it's this in California. It is, it is, it is evangelicalism. Um, (laughs) But I don't, I don't know much about it. I know cancers are famously sensitive. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I'm a very sensitive person, but I told someone that who's very into astrology and they said, oh, that's one of two ways cancer can be. You know, you can be very sensitive or not sensitive, which I don't know. I feel like that's a cop out, Michelle. I agree. I actually think you are sensitive. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, if you found out a friend was talking about you behind your back and we can get into yeah. detail if you have found this out. Do you keep that friend around? Do you cut him out? Do you confront them? How do you deal with something like that? I think that happened to me once in high school and I confronted them. Wow. That happened once. Yeah. It's the only time I feel like people don't have much to talk about behind my back. I'm pretty, I'm pretty above water. That's, can I just say something? That's like Leo energy a little bit. Like maybe (laughs) you're coming at me with big fire sign to say that. Cause I feel like I could come up with 50 things you know, people could say behind my back. What are you doing that people are always plotting behind your back? Like you're plotting. No. No, no, no. I Well, Boy King is a wonderful way to describe me. That's how I would describe you. No, but just comedians. Maybe you're too young. You haven't been in the business long enough to know how bitter people get. Like people oh, just people really... talk shit. Yeah. yeah but to me, I mean. that's just that's fun. You know, like everyone, everyone <laughs> says mean things. But you know what I mean? It's just something you like you kiki in the green room about who you liked and didn't like. Like that's, a, <laughs> that's just something you do. To me, it's not mean. It's just okay, like you're one of them. I got it. How you socialize. 
that's it. Well, that's the fucked up thing about comedians. That's how they socialize with each other. And it's deadly. It's like, I don't know. I'm also much older than you. I could be like your slutty mom. Um, I could have had you at 15, <laughs> basically. Or what is it? 15, something like that. What are you watching on TV, Vinny Thomas? Tell me about. Oh, my gosh. What do you do? Okay. I, I have a list ready. Every time someone asks me, every TV show like leaves my head, but I have... Um, I have a list here of what you're watching and you know what's uh, okay, sad? Okay, okay, thank God. We have nothing in common though. And that's the thing. Oh, I, I knew gonna, we wouldn't. Why did you know that? Because I, I like just Barbara Streisand? Like, why? Yeah, I feel like you watch... I try to watch... The reality shows I watch are all like Hoarders Buried Alive <laughs> and like... My Strange Addiction. Okay, you watch those. Oh, listen, I'll fuck with Hoarders. The only reason why I stopped watching Hoarders, and you can see my room is a literal fucking mess behind me, it brought up a feeling when I was done of certain misery within me and and such hopelessness watching it um, that it it was like when I used to watch my 600-pound life, and then I would finish watching it and be like, those sad people. And then I would spend $97 on delivery, eat a trough full of food, and be like, I'm so fucking thin. Like, I uh, like I am so fit because no, I'm... You know what? You could, you, you could use it for, like... I don't know. I use it for, like, motivation sometimes. I don't know if this is fucked up or whatever, but, like, if my... A house is messy. My apartment's messy. Then I will. I, I put on hoarders, and in a second, I'm like, I'm so close. Like I, I'm slipping. Do you know what I mean? I'm slipping. <laughs> I know. I get it. And so, exactly. And so then, immediately, the, the house will be spotless. I'm terrified of becoming a hoarder. Did you ever see the season finale? Because I think they actually brought the show back, but there was a season finale of the original hoarders where this gay couple bought a house, I think, in North Carolina. Did you ever see that one, that huge mansion? I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and it was a woman who owned it who was a fabric collector. Like, she just had books yes. and books of fabric swatches, which was actually like a perfect... How there is... That's what you should write. You should write a one or like a two-man play about that hoarders episode. Because yeah. watching this, these two men be so nice to her, they could not have been lovelier. It was like a, it was like a Joanne's fabric in the basement, yeah. aisles and aisles and aisles of clothes and fabric from like when she used to be a what was she costumer or fashion interior designer. She, designer. Yeah, she worked for yeah something. And she had bolts of it and little booklets as if she was gonna restart this business. And they're just got it was like a dungeon because this was an old mansion. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have. She would have been out. I would have set no, they fire gave her, to it. They said to her, because she was, I think she may have been a widow. And so they were like, oh, this sad lady with all her swatches. Let let her take the time to get out. But that is a rookie move because anyone who's seen Hoarders knows they're never leaving. The whole point is that they are being buried alive. I mean, the name of this freaking show. What's behind you? A reptile? Yeah, that's <laughs> my terrarium. It we'll, is. It's we'll Mrs. Gutierrez. That. It's my snake. <laughs> We'll talk about it. Put a pin in it. Okay. Okay. Back to hoarders. Go on. Sorry. Anyway, I was gonna say, like, at first you feel you feel bad for her. Like, I would probably, if I was in that situation, I would feel bad for her at first. But then the minute she, because she became an asshole quick. Yes. She became mean quickly, and they were still like dancing around her and like trying to make her feel comfortable. Yeah. I was like, what's the matter with you? She's being a fucking gargoyle, dude. Like clear her shit out. And that's, I feel like part of it is like her power came from the objects. So you need to like move them to a different place. Like when a cat gets territorial, you need to change yes. the environment a little bit, you know? 
That's very true. Yes. My old neighbors in LA, and I know you just moved to LA. I yeah. want, I'm curious about your experience and how Mrs. Gutierrez is handling the change. But I had a neighbor who was one of the dumbest bitches of all time. I pray she listens to this, <laughs> who had, and I love cats, like I'm an animal person, but these were like the Adam Driver cats. Like they were very masculine and ugly and they would pee in her kitchen <laughs> cabinets. No, you know, those cats have like long snouts. Like they're not no, cute. They're like, I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. There's ugly cats. They're not like dogs. Like, some cats are ugly. No, really fucking ugly. And even when I met them, I was like, oh, like now I know people have bad associations with cats and I can understand. But they would pee in our shared like kitchen cabinets, like against the wall. And um, why am I bringing this up territorial is that I had to put yeah. foam. I got that Home Depot foam. Have you ever tried that? It's so fun. Were you sprayed out of the tube? The spray foam? The spray yeah, foam. Actually, it's very big in the reptile hobby. We can get into that. <laughs> Wait, is it? Oh, yeah. People Wait, make, Why? Um, you you can make backgrounds out of it, like rock backgrounds, naturalistic, like um, rock backgrounds for your reptiles. And you like seal parts of the enclosure. Use it all the time. Wait a second, because what I did, I bought like 10 cans and I filled every bottom cabinet with it. So when I moved out <laughs> so, and by the way, the urine smell went away because cat piss is like a different poison. It's not it's not just like lady piss, which is its no, own no, problem. No, 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 no. It it reeks. It has like some kind of like magical crystals in it. Very LA, by the way, that just reek. And uh, anytime you open my bottom cabinets, it was like um, you know a coyote tunnel. It was just like, on the break, like <laughs> it was just foam. You couldn't put anything in there. Why am I bringing it up? Because uh, you love piss. We love I piss. Freaking here. love yes. piss, and that's the name of the episode. I freaking love piss. <laughs> so when did you start dabbling in piss, Vinny Thomas? What was it? Dabbling, yeah, like a little duck. Um, just from a young age, I loved. I want to hear about LA. I want to hear about your snake. Do you, by the way, can yeah. you tell now that um, two things? One is the whole thing with this podcast is I'm like, I love this guy. I don't have to prepare anything. And then I'm like, so when was the last time you dabbled in piss? I like, don't do shit. And then also that I've been sick for a week and like, haven't talked to anyone. So this is like my Shawshank redemption. Brooks was here. Like I'm back into society now. Oh, and we're back. I'm so yeah. happy to be your, to be your shank. Thanks um, baby. I'm so yeah. thrilled. Oh, how's LA? Uh, yeah. Have LA you adjusted? Great. Yeah. I have adjusted. I think, um, for me, it was like after Chicago, it was like, okay, LA or New York. Um, and I just didn't want to deal with the cold again. So, yeah. you know, I moved out here and it's nice so far. The wealth inequality is kind of staggering and off-putting and like unfortunate. But um, but the weather is so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the listen, weather is so pretty. I always say if you're broke, I would only want to live in a place with like perfect weather. Like I don't I, I feel for I don't know how to put it, but like LA is a good place to not have a ton of money. Even yeah. though it's also, I, I'm not a huge fan. I lived there for five years outside of the farmer salad at Earth Cafe. I didn't find too many redeeming qualities there. Farmer salad at Earth Cafe. Have you had that salad? No, I, I, I couldn't name a salad that I've had because they're all like House or Caesar. Like Really? Yeah. Oh my God, I, you're missing. Person. <gasps> you're missing. Listen, it's a mixed green, uh, feta cheese, pine nuts, tomatoes, Kalamata olives, there's oh, something... so the most expensive version of every product. <laughs> I love that. Macadamia <laughs> nuts, trout, snout, 
They put trout snout in there. We- what the fuck is trout snout? They don't have snouts. <laughs> it's nothing. What are you- oh, you're just making something. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. don't know, Michelle. So you can't say <laughs> trout snout to me because I would. It sounds real. Vinny, there is so much fucking trout snout in there. It's $79, a half pound. <laughs> I live for that salad. Uh, we don't have to get into the glories of LA. No, it's okay. Because it's like every episode I talk about that. But where are you doing stand up? Like, where are the hot spots now in LA? Because when I was there, it was UCB, which closed, I would say, unceremoniously. Did, did they all close or is there one still open? I have no idea. Look, after I moved out here, I got booked on that show pretty quick. And I just, I haven't done a ton of stand-up. I've done like a lot of oh. like alternative comedy stuff. I've always yeah, been yeah. More like a, a sketch person. So like I've done shows at like the Elysian and um, there's a theater called the Yard Theater and stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. I haven't done a ton of stand-up. But you already booked a show, which I I think for most people living in L.A., for me, it was I as a as a cancerian and an empath. You know, I love saying that I would pick up on the desperate energy of other people in that town. I would walk around like a soul sponge. I'd go to Celebrity Target on La Brea and just feel bad when I left. Like it was <laughs> because everybody was dying for work or and when I was unemployed there, which was for about a year. And that's an interesting story into itself. You know, then you really feel like shit because most people don't work. And so when you're like getting together with friends every day at 2 p.m. for a hike, it's like what there's a problem with this picture like this shouldn't be happening. You know, sometimes I find that I thrive off of that energy. Like really? sometimes I'll sometimes I'll go to the Grove and I'll just sit um, because that really is the pinnacle of. I don't know. It's the pinnacle of so much wrong with everything. I love the Grove, um, though. I will. Fu- I love it. Specifically, the little farmer's market area is by great. the way. Love the farmer's market. A great salad at the Grove, if it's still even open, is oh the my steak Caesar at Morel's. You'll thank me. <laughs> the best fucking salad. It's like $77. It's so good. Trout snout on the $77 side. $77 for a salad, Michelle? I want to say it's, you know, I'm giving you sarcasm, Vinny. I want to say it's 29 Real talk, oh, probably 32 I don't know now. what's happening. Somebody. Between this I and Trout Snout, you have to, you have to be, be serious, Michelle. <laughs> okay. be, like, what? I'm sorry, you're young because and impressionable. $77 for a salad is totally within reason out here. Like, I could yeah, see I it. If it's one of those salads that's like huge and they're like, finish it in 15 minutes and we'll put your picture on the wall. Yeah. Like one of those, like, <laughs> yes, I could see that happening. So... <laughs> Um, okay, it's not 77, but it's, okay, uh, good. it's... Well, you're not in salad culture, so we don't have a commonality there. But I'm just going to say that, again, as your fan, which is what this is, this is like me doing the Chris Farley show with Paul McCartney, where I'm like, do you remember when you did the Pigeon video? And that's the whole interview. I'm not even, like, asking you good questions. You are so fun to watch. Like, I just... I don't know how to put it. Like, you really put people in a good mood. And you're so funny that I'm like, they forget them, but any show would be a fool not to put you in it. But you are coming up in an Apple Plus series, which yes. is major. Tell me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called Platonic. Mm-hmm. It's uh, starring Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen. We're both Love amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like when I saw Rose Byrne was on this, I was like, I was like, okay, she's not going to be the most friendly person in the world. Right. Just because when people are that beautiful, you're like, you deserve to be mean. You know, I agree you, with that. She has a meanish look. She's stunning. And she has such refined features. Like, yeah, like marble nose, marble lips. Like everything is so carved. Little I know what you mean. dainty, delicate eyebrows that you mm. could like slice someone in half with. So like, 
I was like, oh, you know what? She's going to be kind of mean, kind of aloof. And I'm into it. You know, that's fine. She deserves it. She, it's it's her right as a beautiful person. <laughs> but she is so cool and like, yeah. funny. And she's got this very dry sense of humor. And she's always messing with people. Um, yeah, she's great. Uh, Ro- uh, Seth is obviously very funny. When I heard him laugh the first time, oh, my gosh. I want to point something about Rose Byrne, which is that she's Australian. And I feel like... Something I noticed here in Amsterdam is that when everybody is good looking, um, they don't have an attitude about it. Like when you're raised in a country, I think, where the people just (laughs) default to gorgeous. And someone told me here that um, the children are not raised to value beauty. Like it's a very American thing to tell boys how handsome they are, girls how pretty they are. And they don't really do that here. And it's wild. You see the best looking people and they just don't even know. What What a waste, don't you think? I suppose. I mean, to me, Australia is like culturally, it's just it's just America, but a larger desert. I'd say uh, equally as dumb because they are dumb and very, very funny in Australia. They're like their humor is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's because they're so attractive. They don't need to like. It's part of it. Yeah. They need to worry about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But Rose is great. Seth is great. Seth laughs. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was fake. I thought that was a laugh. He, d- but no, it's just how he sounds. Like he'll announce his presence with a big like, <laughs> like <laughs> everywhere he goes, uh, and that's how you know that he's in the room. You know. And what is the show about? Dating, oh, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Platonic is it's about that um, that ancient heterosexual question of can men and women be friends? Oh boy. Um, what do you so, think? You know, yes or no? I think yes. I mean, yeah. for me, it's a yes, and it's a no-brainer of a yes. But I understand for many people, it's it's um, it's a maybe or a maybe not, you know? I think it's a yes. I think the more difficult question is, can you be friends with someone you've slept with after the fact? Which or, also is a yes. Not always, yeah. but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Or can you be friends with someone like you want to sleep with? Or someone that people think you're sleeping with? You know what I mean? The answer is yes. But I'm thinking about it like just I'm I'm going through the Rolodex, the holodex yeah, of like my cool. life. And I feel like it's yes, but it never. How do I put it? It's like never satisfying enough. You know what I mean? If it's someone you want to <laughs> sleep with and your friends, there's always something in you that is like, God, that I really wish something would click in that way. You know? Yeah, I feel you. Mm. Um, Are you single? What is your story? I am single. That's my, oh my that's God. my whole story. You're so fucking cute, Vinny. What are we gonna do with you? I need. To... <laughs> is this creepy? Am I like veering? <laughs> are you gonna now bring my ass up in the green room and be like that fucking dumb bitch? Like I did her podcast. Sick Michelle. <laughs> sick ass <laughs> fucking sicko Michelle. But are you dating? What are you doing? You're so sweet and no, funny. No, I'm not really dating. I I try to date sometimes, but then I end up just like I'll get on the apps, but I treat the apps like video games. Yeah, um, everyone does. You know, I I just end up swiping. And then in public, I feel like people don't people don't approach me in public. I'm always the one to have to ask someone else out. I'm usually that person. Yeah. I feel like people think either I'm involved with someone or I'm not interested. You know, that's funny. You know what that means? You're confident. I think. I think so. What do you think it is about you that makes people think you're in a relationship? Um. I don't know if they think I'm in a relationship. I think they think I'm maybe unapproachable. And I think, not to sound like conceited or anything, but I think sometimes I intimidate people, which I don't think I'm very intimidating, but I think like the the social media thing is sometimes like, I don't know. 
No, I get I it. Know, off-putting, maybe? You know, I, I have no idea. Well, that's a big question because I feel like there's always this debate about, like, as in my experience, like, guys on social media. Like, is it, would you rather date a guy who has a big social media following or, some, or a guy who has nothing at all or who claims to not have a profile or whatever it is, or just a normal guy who posts pictures of buildings and bicycles and like sneakers, you know, straight guy yeah. shit, obviously. But I don't know the, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Cause I do think it is, I do think it is intimidating when you meet a guy who has like a big social following because, and I would think, I don't know, like guys meeting a woman who has it too, or whatever you're into, you know what I mean? It's like, well, am I going to become part of their story or what, you know, are we ever going to get serious? I don't know. There's so many questions. I mean, I don't consider myself a very public person, like details about my life. I never, I never post. It's always like fun sketches and stuff just because like everyone does that. Who cares? I don't want to be another person on the camera. Like today I'm mixing up my favorite whole grain smoothie. Like I don't care about that. So like, I don't make that kind of what's in it. <laughs> stop. stop. We're making that's <laughs> enough, Michelle. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go Wait, on. no, but I could but what what is what would be in a whole grain smoothie? You know, it's always like oats and spirulina and <laughs> a little bit of like Himalayan pink salt and finally a kiss. And they just like <laughs> they blow a kiss in a smoothie. By the way, it's I knew it would be good. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Do you ever go to Erewhon in LA? Can I tell you one of the most embarrassing things that happened to me Please. so far out here? is one of my friends, I, I was, they were like, have you been to any of the grocery stores out here? I was like, and I said, I've heard of Airhorn, but I've never been there. And they said, what? And I said, Airhorn. There's a store <laughs> called Airhorn and they sell expensive <laughs> smoothies. Yeah. And they said, are you talking about Airwan? And it all clicked. It all settled into place and it all made sense. For me. I really that, thought it was called Airhorn. By the way, I would not be surprised if DJ Khaled had a juicery called Airhorn. So I don't think you're like far off the mark. <laughs> There's definitely an Airhorn in the works at like the Americana, which have you been to the Americana? I know you brought up the Grove. No, Kylie Brakeman, after I told her how much I like to look at people at the Grove, she was like, you have to go to the oh Americana my- at Brand. Baby. You are missing the fuck out because the Americana is like, uh, it's the Grove on steroids. It's huge. Their fountain is bigger. They have uh, much better stores. They also have an amazing movie theater, a much better Cheesecake Factory. I fucking hate the Cheesecake Factory at the Grove. It's like eating in the dark. It's like well, I, that's, that's every Cheesecake Factory, Michelle. Now, every Cheesecake Factory is like the tomb of an Egyptian pharaoh or something. Tomb it's common. a tomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got like big giant pillars and it's like fiery torches out there and the waiter like <laughs> walks up to you out of the darkness and the, the menu's like the book of the dead it's like 15 pages of parchment i love um, it i want to be pushed into the river hades with two coins over my eyes and a cheesecake factory menu like in my crossed yeah, i live and love it it is truly the epitome of american gluttony the cheesecake factory yes. only until you leave america and you see how meals are served and how bare bones they are you realize why people are dropping dead of heart disease in the States. It's a really interesting cultural what phenomenon. A way to go. Like you die doing what you love. I had my first fried mac and cheese ball at Cheesecake Factory, which I feel like is a rite of passage. Yeah. For any American kid is like, you know where you had your first fried mac and cheese. Like, you know. And for me, it was a Cheesecake Factory. And what was your take my on fucking it? Mind? Delicious. Unbelievable. Nothing like it. Never to be replicated. Truly the zenith <laughs> of American cuisine. <laughs> cheesy crunchy crispy greasy i shit for weeks afterwards it was perfect oh my i need to try that because i have my own problems going on now i'm eating a lot of seeds and yet 
the turnaround for me physically is not happening in the way you would think. I'll just put that out there. I'm glad you know that. <laughs> I'm glad you know that. But wait, going back to dating and the social media thing, because I'm interested in your take on it. Like, do you really think that that, I don't know, like, I guess you would have to find someone who is not threatened by that. Otherwise, they're like not the right person. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's necessarily that they're threatened. I just sometimes they they're like, they'll assume, you know, he's got other things going on. You know what I mean? It's look, I think I personally would probably rather date someone with no social media whatsoever. Yeah. Um, someone who's just like, you know, and they do something that I don't do like a geologist. Oh, ideally, you know, yes, yes. I think that would be great. You know, where you're going to uh, meet, you know, we're going to meet him. Americana. It is teeming with geologists. So you got to go park at the home. Goods. Listen, <laughs> I have the best parking tip. This is like real LA. This is because I have a shopping addiction. When you go there, go to the parking lot for home goods, which is not in the Americana. It's across the street and they have 30 minute parking. But babe, no one ever checks. You can park there for nine hours like they're not going to do shit. I was just going to say, Ashley Ray told me that Maria Banford told her to park wherever you want, because most of the time you're not going to get a ticket. Like the chances are low anyway. So go ahead and park illegally. And I think about that all the time. It's true, though. And not in New yeah. York is not true, but in L.A. that is true. Um, have you been pulled over driving yet? That's an experience. No. Scary. Oh, wait, Scary. in L.A.? Yeah. No. What about in Denver? Yeah, I've been pulled over once. Because speak. I accidentally rear-ended someone when I was very young. Did you say speak <laughs> the mic? You rear-ended someone? Oh, no. I rear-ended someone and I didn't know what to do. And so I just kind of kept driving. And then No! <laughs> I was very... I had just learned how to drive. And, like, I didn't know where to... I didn't know where to pull over. <laughs> like, I didn't know where to go. So I kept... I kept moving. Um, luckily, I was fine afterwards. Um, but, you know... That, that's the one time I've been pulled over. I have a question, though. How far from the accident to when you were pulled over, how many minutes passed? It was only like two, but it felt like hours. It had to have. I mean it. Stressful. I got terrible. pulled over driving and the same thing happened to me going from New York to Cape Cod years ago. And there was a guy, what I hate about cops sometimes is they, they like want to pull you over outside of all the racism and, you know, brutality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the normal stuff. The, the usual. Um, but it was pitch black and this car, it was like in uh, death proof or something, kept gaining on me and gaining on me and like was really riding my tail. I was in the left lane. Such a good story. So glad I get to tell it. And you know, it's like one of those things like you're afraid to even change lanes because they're going so fast. You're like, I just yeah. have to keep going faster. And so, of course, puts his sirens on. And I also did not know the rule. This is classic Miami upbringing that you have to pull over to the right. So yeah. I I didn't know that. So I was like, this was like not that long ago, by the way, maybe four years ago. So I pulled, got into the left lane, like the shoulder you know, waiting for him to come out there. And he um, nearly gave me a breathalyzer. I was fully sober. I was like, no, officer, I'm just dumb. Like, this isn't alcohol related. I'm a fucking dumb asshole. It was so late. And it did not give me a ticket. But then I got a ticket for 86 miles per hour in Jersey a month ago, which really, you know. Was that very high for where um, you were driving? $200. Not as bad as you would think, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, not too bad. Did you I, think, I'd speed for 200 bucks. I agree with you. It's like the parking ticket yeah. thing. Got you there faster. Okay, he's on an Apple Plus show. This interview is just, you can tell that I've been bedridden for like two weeks. I'm like, and another thing. Are you going on any vacations, Vinny Thomas? What does the future hold? Where do you like to go? On vacation? Yeah, are you going anywhere? You're young. Usually, adorable I know, guy. I wish I wish I traveled more. I don't. I'm, I may look adorable. I think at heart, I'm a much, I'm a much older person. I, yeah. uh, 
whenever I go on trips, I usually go back to Colorado. I have a ton of, uh, I have a ton of extended family out there. So we normally oh. hang out. Um, I'm trying to get back to Chicago just because I have a ton of friends in Chicago and I miss right. Chicago and Chicago is the best city in the world in the summer. Like the, I think it's the best. Is um, it? Why? Cause like everyone is, is released from their like ice caves. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part, but there's also like so much to do just mm-hmm. all over the place. You know, there's like, you can go swimming in the lake. Uh, the bars are great. You know, it's just Chicago's a great city. Um, and I'm JV Pritzker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You should it get really paid. Is. You're making me want to go there. And I'm in like they, a European capital city. And I'm like, why the fuck am I not in Chicago right now? Chicago honestly. is very European, very European. Sometimes you <laughs> yeah. don't know what people are saying. Um, they've got a lot of doughy foods. Um, yeah, you, you, you love it. Go to Chicago. A lot of vests, a lot of tall guys. A lot vests. of vests. They live for that. Yeah. yeah. Second city. So mm-hmm. jesters are very European. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and the, there's like, there's a magic lounge, which is fun. What is that? Like a magician's it's, lounge? Yeah. It's, you go to this lounge and there's like the bartender's a magician and then they open, I don't want to spoil it, but no, they, tell me. They, they open a secret. First you open it. They open a secret door for you to get in there. And then it's a, it's a swanky little bar. Mm-hmm. And then there's a magician at the bar making drinks and doing close up magic. And then they open another secret door and it takes you into this big, like, like lounge with like it's it's a whole stage you know wow. there's, there's people playing jazz and like and then a real magi- like a bigger magician comes on and does fun magic and uh yeah it's a jazz lounge and magician club but it's like a speakeasy it's a lot of fun have you been in la one of the highlights of my la experience was the magic castle have you been I've never been there, but I pass it all the time. Okay, because I feel like listening to you talk about it and your love of magic, which to me is a revelation in this podcast. And in fact, I, I did do, I did do my okay, job. Let's, actually, let's, let's. I don't. I don't. I don't want people to think I'm a magic lover. That's let's let's no. Let's there's cut that nothing out. wrong. There's nothing wrong with liking Stop magic. It, no, he's not wearing like a silky dragon robe. You know, that's a big okay, good yeah, magic yeah. castle. It's guys. They all look like um. Walter White, you know, they all have like square fedoras fedoras and like square soul patches. Yeah. And it's all I guess it's like guys who are very dorky in high school or in whatever when they were young. And there's like a few paths you can take to finding peace. One of them is comedy. And then one of them is magic. And I don't know what the difference is. Maybe liking Bruce Lee movies, like why they choose the magic path instead of the comedy path. You know what I would love to see more of is lady magicians. I don't see enough lady magicians. And I think it's time because I think a woman doing magic, there's something like, like sexier about that. Do you know what I mean? Something a little cooler and more interesting Um, because, because women are magic. Yeah. Wow. You know, you just made me realize, though, I just had this moment where I think the reason why there are not more female magicians is because most magicians in the Venn diagram of men, the circle is very similar to a pickup artist energy. Like whenever you watch those (laughs) documentaries about like PUA culture, it's always guys who have those top hats, velvet blazers. You know what I mean? Like there is a lot of crossover. So I do think it's men who are not naturally funny use magic to pick up women. There is something to that. Yeah, it's the same. I feel like the 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 Renaissance. We're adding like the Renaissance yes. pair to that Venn diagram. Yes. It's also, like big big crossover there for sure. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of milady boys. Uh, last question, Vinny Thomas. Vinny's okay, like, yeah, why did absolutely. I agree to this? Meanwhile, poor guy. Last week I was sick. He's so sweet. Can I just I say I really I think you're one of the funniest 
like people I follow full stop period. Every video you put up, I would say you and Brian, Brian Jordan Alvarez, I don't know if you follow him, are like the oh, two, yeah, you're my two favorites. Like you're just two <laughs> hilarious idiots, which is all I ever ask for. Um, as a child though, were you funny? Like did your parents encourage you to perform or were you one of these like more introverted kids who blossomed? Oh no, I think I was funny. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a zoologist. I wanted to work with animals for a very long time. Um, but I was also the kind of kid who would, I would do this thing where I would go, our fireplace had like a little ledge in the front. Mm -hmm. And whenever we had guests at the house, I would try to take all the attention from the room and I'd go stand up on that ledge and I'd pretend to put a CD (laughs) in a CD machine. There was nothing there. I would pretend to put it in and then I would stand up there and I would sing an entire Destiny's Child song. (laughs) (laughs) Start to finish. And everyone would sit there and watch. And then afterwards, they'd like (laughs) clap or whatever. Uh And of course, I didn't know the words. So it was all like, can you think you do? Like, it just didn't (laughs) make any sense. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I got more introverted as I grew up a little bit, you know, did the whole awkward middle school thing. Yeah, but Uh, I did did speech and debate and stuff. You know, I, I did speech and debate Vinny. I feel like I meet so many people who did speech and debate yes. and they're all very, very good communicators and good at the industry. Period. It's very you know I mean? true. Yes. And you know, what's really funny because I brought up earlier, Michael Yuri, And as I'm talking to you, you look a bit like Michael. I don't know if you've ever gotten that, but it's like, maybe that's why I feel so close to you because you remind me of Michael a little <laughs> bit. And Michael was a national champion speech and debater. See, isn't yeah. it wild? It it's is funny. People talk about the Illuminati all the time, but I truly no. think speech and debate is it's it's what people think the illuminati is it's Wait, a bunch what? of people who share oh. this experience now i have to ask but, you this because yeah. now i now i'm invested what piece did you do what event were you in can i guess humorous and terp no really I mean, I, wait i did i did humor once i shouldn't say no but yeah i my main gig was duo oh, i did see. a lot of duo you know what's so funny? I could never, this is very telling about our personalities. I could never do duo because I didn't want to rely on someone else. Like if we lost, I wanted to be the one whose fault it was or vice versa. Oh, so I lost, never I, did duo. When we went to nationals, I definitely, I screwed my partner over. I messed up so bad. No, did you? Oh no. Yes, I did. I'll never, there were, there are rules, obviously. For those of you who don't know about speech and debate and duo, you can't really look at each other and you can't touch each other. Um, yes. But it's so stupid (laughs) just talking about it it's so dumb so funny no it's clever and by the way for those who don't know they stand next to each other facing out this is for all the performers you face the audience and even if you're doing multiple characters you never you are always facing forward and looking in different directions per character you have like a different pov or whatever on the wall um but duo it's two people holding little binders and then they're talking to each other but they're staring out ahead it's actually i think it's a very clever uh, art uh, form uh, i do mama we were off book though we never held binders oh you we didn't have binders? binders i don't no, know the we rules oh okay never mind i didn't realize <laughs> if that. you had a binder i think you could have it you just get knocked like points but no, the crazy part ahead. about duo is that like some of it could be like with humor, everything is going to be humor in that room, right? But with duo, like, it could be humorous or dramatic. And I will never forget, like, someone did this. These two people got up there and they did this very emotional piece about the Holocaust. Very sad. Very, very, like. And then me and my partner get up there. and <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> we're doing this. There's a play called like, oh, what was it called? It was about this radio station in Tuna, Texas. Oh my God. It's like Christopher Durang, maybe. Like, I feel like yeah, there's like yeah, a yeah. few. Yeah, yeah. Go on. And so we're Something just doing like this goofy shit and like rotating around <laughs> each other. Like after this, like intense piece we're like howdy partner welcome to texas and we're like <laughs> spinning around each other um and that was you know that was the one that's the one big downside of uh of duo is that you never know what could be coming before or after you well i think what i love about debate so much and it's genuinely one of my favorite things like whenever i pick up debate energy i mean i'll keep you here all freaking day because i love it <laughs> it is really it's like whenever you see a kid and you go oh that kid has an old soul all of those kids do speech and debate it's all old Every soul you agree it's all oh, yeah. like little adults you have um all the little lawyers doing the you know lincoln douglas debate oh my god or Fucking cx CX, all that shit. Um, yeah, extemp, which I actually did do extemp. I went to nationals in extemp. True story. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I did Congress. I did Congress and Lincoln Douglas. But did you? I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. No, I did it on a whim. And I got lucky because um, my I'm from Miami and my final speech in extemp because everyone could barely string a sentence together in Miami was about if Dennis Rodman, <laughs> like I spoke, you know, fairly, I had a good grasp of the language. It was if Dennis Rodman is a symbol of incivility. And I was like, oh, baby, get the flight because I'm going. I mean, I could do, you know, an hour on that. It's such a stupid ass question. This is yeah. obviously also showing our age difference. But I was 15 years old and I did master class and played Maria Callas. Now you have to understand something. I was like <laughs> five foot 11. You know, I was maybe by then I was even six one. And I had this navy blue Palazzo pants silk suit. It looked like something from like the hostess at P.F. Chang's would wear it. It was like really, it had like, like floral embroidery down the sleeve. It was so fucking ugly. And I wore it every tournament. Someone was like, oh, is that your lucky suit? I was like, you got it. Meanwhile, nothing else fit me. I was like, mm -hmm, my lucky suit. <laughs> I was like, you got it. And I, thinking about a 15 year old me, storming onto stage going basta fini enough okay you know and just speaking with this horrible like i think you know italian accent how there hasn't been a documentary made about speech and debate a good one and about how ridiculous we should do it Vinny. i'm not kidding it is yeah. one of the funniest aspects i think of performer high school because it's different than like a waiting for guffman-esque local theater group this is like a national thing people i mean i flew all over the country competing against deal. kids it's a big and you deal take it seriously and it's also the kind of thing that like a lot of kids take their extracurriculars seriously but those extracurriculars are probably not going to be very helpful to them you know to them yeah. in the long run speech and debate is one of those things that like you take seriously because you know a lot of it it is useful you know what i mean yes it, like translates well into a lot of different career paths so let me ask you this. Sorry. Did anyone yeah, else know? Because I had some people from my like generation, let's call it. It's now a Ken Burns documentary who became famous. <laughs> uh, did you has anyone broken through yet from like the good kids from your season? Let's call it. Uh, Other than me, you. Seriously. I, don't think, I don't think anyone else uh, really ended up. Oh, you know what? I A couple of my friends who are very, very talented. Mm. Um, they're in the industry right now, and I'm sure they're going to, you know? It's so um, early, yeah. That's right. Yeah, but right <gasps> now it's it's just me. I think, Vinny, we, I'm going to fly to the Americana. I'm going to pick you up in an old Mercury. Let me finish. We're going <laughs> to drive. I'm going to pick you up. I assume you live in West Hollywood. Am I right? <laughs> no, but I should. Where do you live? I live in mid-city. 
Oh, like near the Line Hotel. What is Mid City? I don't know. I'm I don't not even know what that is. No. Who cares? Listen, you and Mrs. Gutierrez are going places, and I think the three of us—that's a snake. I think the three of us need to <laughs> produce or commission a debate documentary or like some sort of reality show about it because it is it's so time. interesting. It really is. Like, I'm sorry, but like, cheer is a lot less interesting than speech and debate. Like, speech and debate has, of course, all of the intensity, has all of the intensity of cheer, but what they're arguing about is sometimes very interesting. And it also has the girlies. Did you ever have the girlies who would, who did CX, who would sit down and before their debate, they would read tongue twisters, like pages of tongue twisters. (laughs) Never, never. Oh, okay. We had real, like these girlies were ready to, because uh, I don't know if it's different. Something changed um, in the texture of debate, I think maybe between when you did it and when in I did it. the past hundred years since when <laughs> Jessica Tandy was born, when I did it and when Vinny did it. Yeah, go on. Ooh, I don't know who that is, but I love her. Oh my and God, so, you don't but, know Jessica Tandy? Okay, go no, on. No, I don't know who Jessica Tandy is. Driving Miss Daisy, it's okay, go on. Okay, no, no, no. Then I do know. Yeah. I know who that is. Uh, they they have to, they want to get all of their arguments out as quickly as possible and it like as quickly as possible. So I won't even understand what they're saying, but it'll be two cross examiners, like rattling words out, like yeah. Busta Rhymes at a million miles an hour. And they get ready for this by reading pages of tongue twisters and watching this is freaky, man. Absolutely nuts. No, these kids are, they're the kids who go to Harvard They're It's like the Tracy flicks an election. I hope you get that reference. It's very, I, <laughs> you got it. You know it. I do. Yeah. I'm I like, I'm like sweating bullets. I'm like, Oh God. Um, no, but it's the, the level of drive that some of these kids have is terrifying because we're obviously quite artsy. It's funny because I remember also at nationals, um, well, twice, one time I was in, uh, I did, uh, what declamation, which was like a bullshit event. And, and we're going to wrap soon. Cause I know I've, I've kept you here now for seven hours, but there was a blind girl <laughs> who was competing and I got yeah. to the room and I just heard some clicking and clacking behind me. And I was like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Like, how can I be the blind girl? I mean, you know, I, I would, I wanted her to win. I like, I'm, I don't want to be her. I'd be Everyone an, an would. enemy of person who wanted her to win. Of course. And then the funny thing was, she wasn't even nice after I was like, Oh my God, congrats. She won. I got second for the record, but I did the speech. But then I think my senior year when I was in finals, Oh no, a girl did, um, a piece about the triangle shirtwaist factory fire. Oh no. And her piece. And I also, I was reading poetry from the viewpoint of dogs, which by the way, apparently that book became like one of the most successful debate pieces after I did well with it. Just want to point that out. But she was like, mama, mama, get the hose. Like very Kristen Wiig energy. Like mama, hose me down. I'm on fire. (laughs) And the bitch won. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't compete with a girl burning to death on the side of a fucking Chicago building or whatever it is. No, mama, get the hose. Mama, get the hose. Mama, I'm I'm hot. I'm so hot. The heat. (laughs) Anyway, she won. I miss debate so much. That tells me everything I need to know about you. Like that is... (laughs) That was the final like trivial pursuit wedge I needed to solidify my undying love for you. Last question. Mrs. Gutierrez, tell me everything. How old? Where did she come from? Yeah. Talk to me. Mrs. Gutierrez is a rosy boa. She's like six years old. Um, a rosy boa is a very small kind of boa that's native to the U.S. There are actually two kinds of tiny boa constrictor that not boa constrictors, but two kinds of boas that yeah. live in North America. One is the rubber boa and one is the rosy boa. Um, I got her delivered to me while I was living in Chicago. I got her shipped from California. Um, oh my God. Because I wanted like an adult female and I could only find, you know, the one I wanted with, with this guy who breeds them out here. 
And so I emailed him, and this is a weird story, but I emailed I like him and that. I was like, hey, are, are these females still available? Can I get one of these females? And he was like, which one do you want? I was like, I don't know, like whichever one has a better personality, you know, yeah. whichever one is a friendlier snake. Like funnier. And he goes, yeah, like whichever, whichever one is cuter, whichever one can just like hang out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, do you want the bigger one or the smaller one? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And he was like, I'll give you the bigger one. More babies that way. Um, oh my God. That's what he said. He said more babies that way. Okay. I think because he assumed I was going to be breeding more Rosie Boas, which I don't intend to do. Yeah. Did you ever consider calling her Rosie Bodonnell? Because the, just the first name that popped into my head. You know, my mother said the same thing, Michelle. Because um, she's a genius like yourself. Uh, yeah. And I did consider it. I did consider <laughs> Rosie Bodonnell. <laughs> I did. Uh, um, but ultimately, I, I didn't want her to be a joke. I wanted her to have a serious you know, real name. I can't win. Yeah. Who like is Mrs. Mrs. Gutierrez? Yeah. And is it based on a teacher of yours? No, it's based on, I just, when people get snakes, they often name them things like Crusher or Metallica or, you know, like just violent, <laughs> like loud names. I wanted to, like, if I'm talking about my snake, I want it to sound like I'm talking about like a neighbor next door, yeah. you know, because she's nice. She's very friendly. And I, I thought she deserved the name that reflected that. So her whole name is Esperanza Gutierrez, but out of respect, Mrs. Gutierrez. I just am picturing her with like a little curly wig, hoops, like a little Mrs. Roper kind of a robe on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, that energy. And is she, she friendly? Yeah. How how do you know if a snake is friendly? Does she like cuddle with you? It's not a yeah. I'm really asking. No, no, that's fine. There a lot of people do ask. Mm. Um they're not particularly cuddly. Like you can hold them, but it's not like they like to be held it's not like they like or dislike it it's just they're kind of there um they're nice because they don't bite you that's how you know the snake is nice um and she won't bite me she's never bitten me um because she'll only bite things that smell like a mouse if you smell like a mouse you're screwed you're fucked she's gonna bite you it's like every new yorker yeah exactly you're you're good to go yes oh my god Uh, and that's mrs gutierrez what a funny part of your personality something i never would have considered that you would be a snake, a loving snake owner. I just I, think yeah, it's I'm very a proud sweet. Snake owner. Um, <laughs> Vinnie Thomas, I have to say this: this entire interview was an attempt to get you to fall in love with me, and that's really what this podcast is about. It's like, please like me is really what it should be called. And I find you to be one of the most talented, hilarious, sweet, uh, cute, just amazing performers, and I really feel excited about what's coming for you. Like, I, I'm not just saying that to like, you know, kiss up or appeal to you. I really mean it. I think such big things are coming your way and I cannot wait to watch you on this Apple TV plus show platonic. Um, but you're wonderful and I'm so appreciative and thank you for doing the show. Thank you so much. It was so nice to finally meet you. I'm glad I everything know. worked out with your strep throat and that you're feeling better. I know. And we get to do it again. Let's go I do too. Listen, come visit me anywhere I am. I want you to like go overseas. Forget Chicago. Forget Denver. Like, I want you to get one of those big flights and come and your auntie will show you a wonderful time. He's already signed off. Like, the <laughs> Zoom is totally shut down. Follow him on Instagram at Vinna, V-I-N-N underscore A-Y-Y. Same on TikTok, same on Twitter. And you can go to his website, VinnyThomas.com. And Vinny, I just love you so much. Thanks for doing the show. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks, Vinny. And guys, thank you for listening. It's Michelle Collins, Midnight Snack. If you like the show, why wouldn't you? Uh, you can leave a review, I guess. I don't know what people say at the end. So I'm just going to say, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> 
Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production, executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores, and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at midnightsnack at earwolf.com. For more of me, tune into The Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things, mishcall, M-I-C-H, C-O-L-L. I'm 
running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye guys.